Coming up, which Big Ten football coaches will enter the season closest to the hot seat? You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, Nate Dickinson. Thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Coming up on today's show, we're going to take a look at everything going on in Big Ten basketball, of course, and first get into some Big Ten football. As I said at the end of this season, and it's something I still believe, I feel like all the Big Ten teams are feeling pretty good about where they're at with their current head coaches. Who could be the next coach, though, on the chopping block if things don't start off great in 2023? We'll get into that here on the program. And again, if you need to and you want to, follow the show, of course. You can do it wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube and on Twitter. It's at LockedOnBig10, one zero at the end, not T-E-N. Be sure to give us a follow. If you haven't watched the show, check us out on YouTube. Give us a follow there, too, and it really does help us out. So be sure to go along and get all that done, too. I'm Nate Dickinson. Let's get into the show. All right, so I have here four different coaches that I think could end up on the hot seat at some point this season. With the fifth one that I, I think is honestly really, really safe, but at the same time, if things really fall apart, maybe we could see the same thing there as well. But at the moment, I have five names out of the 14 Big Ten coaches who could be at that point. But I really do want to reemphasize that I don't feel too strongly that any of them are on this hot seat right now. Even in some of the coaches off the top here who have really struggled as of late, I feel like they still have the confidence of their programs. And that's why I made the sentiment at the end of the season that at least right now, everyone in the Big Ten is going to go into this summer thinking that they've got a shot to do something next year, which is maybe not all that unusual. But at the same time, there's been plenty of times where people have been unhappy with coaches too. I mean, Iowa is certainly not happy with what's going on with its offensive coordinator situation at the moment, for example. But let's dive into these names. First name I have on the list, Indiana's Tom Allen. Tom Allen has developed a culture at Indiana that I feel like the Hoosier fan base has really latched on to. The Leo fan base is really, really strong. And Tom Allen built that from, not scratch, but when he took over, he, he built that up all on his own. Now, what he's done is a little bit less impressive, I'd say. After taking over a team that was a 6-6 six and six team for the last couple of years before he got the head coaching job, 5-7, five 5-7, and seven, five and seven, then makes two bowl games. But then right after that has two pretty despicable seasons. Lastly, and most lately, a 4-8 and eight season with a 2-7 and seven Big Ten record. That 2-7 and seven Big Ten record comes after a winless Big Ten season in 2021. You need to see something from him this season. Because the strongest testament that you have that Tom Allen is a legitimately good football coach is that 2020 shortened season. And we've seen with some pretty good proof with other Big Ten teams, I mean, you talk about in Minnesota, for example, that that 2020 season could very well have really skewed how you view your program. 
I mean, if Minnesota goes off that, that team just isn't very good right now. P.J. Fleck maybe isn't there. If Indiana goes off only its 2020 season, it's completely ignoring the rest of the Tom Allen tenure. Now, give Allen credit. He made a bowl game the year before that 2020 season, too. But outside of that, he's really, really struggled to get a foothold on some consistent winning in the Big Ten. And to be fair, we'll talk about one school where the bar is particularly high, and that's why I have a coach on this list. The bar at Indiana is particularly low when it comes to football, but that doesn't mean they don't want to win these games, of course. This is always going to be a basketball school. This is always going to be a fan base that cares more about the hoops than what happens on the gridiron. Jacob Rude, when he comes on the show, he talks to me all the time about, hey, hey, I do football coverage and I do basketball coverage, and the basketball coverage just does numbers. So he does a lot of basketball coverage on his show. But what we have in Tom Allen is a coach who has a strong culture and a strong culture that I think carries him through this year unless there's some sort of major, major collapse by Indiana. But if you're looking at coaches on the hot seat, Tom Allen has to be number one on the list right now with Indiana. He is the coach with the biggest combined together, both ineffectiveness as of late and least amount of job stability at the moment. Speaking of that, the next coach on this list may have more losing as of late, but he's also been in his program a whole lot longer. That's Pat Fitzgerald with Northwestern. Uh, Pat's been there for what's going to be his 17th year now, so I'm a little hesitant to say that he could end up on the hot seat anytime soon. And he's also coming off of a Big Ten championship appearance not too long ago. But in between all of that, it's a whole lot of losing. A whole, whole lot of losing. He's never been this bad as the Northwestern head coach. Or I should say, Northwestern has never been this bad consistently under him. I'm not going to go as far as whether or not he's doing a good or bad job or not. I don't know enough about football and what happens in Northwestern. The point is, the wins haven't been there. And what you have instead of a team that's gotten at least some consistency back last season... That Northwestern team, once again, just absolutely fell on its face in some places. And now you have a spot where in three of the last four years, that team has only one conference win. And also, you're going off of a 1-11 and 11 season last year. That's not good. And I believe Pat Fitzgerald is still the head coach of the Northwestern Wildcats. Again, I still have confidence that all these schools believe in their guys right now. But if he isn't able to turn this around this season, and in particular, if it looks this bad in the Big Ten this season, that's going to be a lot of this conversation, getting Big Ten wins for these coaches. Then I think you have to start having the conversation about it. Because if it gets now four or five years where this team is only winning one Big Ten game, it's not good enough. I don't care how long Pat Fitzgerald has been there. I don't care what he's done for the program, and he's done a lot for this program. I mean, bringing Northwestern to a Big Ten championship game is more than what some very, very storied schools can say that they have done since the Big Ten championship game was instated. So there's a whole lot there for Fitzgerald to lean on, but it is crumbling a bit. And if things continue to stay down, it could be a tough go for him to try and continue to Get out of it. Next name I have on the list is Greg Schiano at Rutgers. Four and eight this season, one and seven last year in the Big Ten. Again, only one Big Ten win. 
but a guy who's going into year four now with this team with just not a whole lot of improvement. Shiano has one Big Ten less win every single season that he's been there, if that makes sense. His first year, he won three Big Ten games. Next year, two. Last season, he won just one Big Ten game. He needs wins in the conference. Now, people who watch Rutgers football like him, I think, and they like a lot of what he has done, but he has not been good enough to continue to maintain and hold his position if this team cannot get some more wins here soon. So four and eight for Rutgers, I think that just doesn't cut it. If I had to put power rankings, I'd say it's like Shiano and Allen, maybe in that first tier of closest to the hot seat, then you put Pat Fitzgerald next. But it's just really quite simply, you got to start winning some games. Yeah, I mean, we've talked plenty about how much of a struggle it's been for the Rutgers team to get acclimated to Big Ten football since joining the conference. And Greg Shiano was supposed to be kind of that guy to really get you back in it with the recruiting off the field and what he can do on the field as a head coach too. And he's a name you know, Greg Shiano, NFL coach. But he just hasn't been able to do it yet. And now he's getting into his fourth season where the excuses start to go away of, oh, I'm building my team. Oh, these aren't my guys that I recruited out there on the field. This is the time. This is the time where if you're putting together something that's working, you start to see it by now. So if we're not seeing it, when Rutgers is playing in the Big Ten this season, I think Greg Schiano is going to be gone. I don't know what that means as far as wins and losses, but just at the very least looking like a team that's showing some progress would be nice. All right, the last two names I have here are really, I, I wrote it down as the sky needs to fall category. I don't think there's any way that these coaches are going to really, really feel any pressure at any point this season. But... If things go really bad, of course, that's always on the table. My first name is Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Uh, five and seven, three and six last season. Kind of crazy to think that he could be on this list. But when you're looking at this as what he is as a coach and where he's at, this is a guy who just signed his big deal. So odds of him actually going anywhere is probably pretty slim. And he's beaten Michigan twice, which is obviously huge. But three and six in the Big Ten last season and five and seven overall, largely considered a huge, huge failure for what he did. He's leaning on the transfer portal a lot, at least in last season, and has been doing it again here this time too, but not really any more than everybody else has been. So the question starts to become okay, what kind of team can Mel Tucker build here? Because he he's Again, relied on that transfer portal a lot last offseason. It hasn't really worked out for him. So let's see what you can do now. Again, I think Michigan State really needs to lose a whole lot of football games if they're going to have any thoughts about getting rid of this guy. But as far as what Michigan State football is supposed to be and what that job is, I mean, the Michigan State football head coaching job has a little bit of a shorter leash than, say, Greg Schiano's at Rutgers or Pat Fitzgerald's at Northwestern's, or Tom Allen's at IU. Michigan State's a different level of program, and not making bowl games is not acceptable for the Spartans. So if Mel Tucker continues to not do that, and Michigan State looks worse this year than it did last year, you better believe the conversations are going to start happening. 
because the fans are not going to care about how big his contract is when he stops winning on the field. The final name I have on this list, and this is one that, it, again, everything needs to go wrong here, but Mike Loxley at Maryland. This is a guy who finished up 8-5 and five last season, went to a bowl game, 4-5 and five in the Big Ten, and I'll just say it again, there's no way he's going anywhere. He's got Maryland good enough to at least fight for think, something in the Big Ten here in a way that Rutgers has not been able to attach to. He has been really, really good in his short time at Maryland. However, the expectations are here now. Not high, huge expectations, but you're going into a season where Talia Tungavaloa has announced he's coming back for his last year. And everyone is going to say, okay, you went eight and five last year, four and five in the Big Ten. What can you do now? Because this is the year, Tungavaloa's last season, an opportunity for him and everybody else to really, really put a mark on Maryland football history. What is it that Mike Loxley is going to be able to lead this team to? If it's anything like, honestly, what he did this season, obviously he's okay. He's not even close to having any sort of heat heat on his seat. But if things fall apart and Maryland wins like one or two Big Ten games in Talia Tungavailoa's last season, that's going to be really frustrating. And again, I don't think there's any way he is leaving, even if that happens. But I've seen crazier. And this is the year that should, at least in theory, be happening for Maryland, given what they're getting back here with this quarterback. With those expectations on him, I do think maybe, just maybe, maybe, you could see a situation where Mike Loxley goes. But those are my five names. Again, I don't think any of them are in huge danger right now. But for some of them, that danger could be right around the corner if you start losing games early. As we saw with uh, Nebraska or Wisconsin last year. We're going to get into things here on Locked On Big Ten in basketball. But before we do that... The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes made it's NBA season. It's Big Ten season. You can get all of the lines that you hear on the show at FanDuel. I pull them straight from the FanDuel site to tell you about it. And, of course, you can play alongside us, fade us, whatever you need to do over at FanDuel. You can get it right now, that no-sweat first bet I was talking to you about, with a $1,000 bonus bet when you or when you lose your first bet, when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about lo- everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Nate Dickinson back with you here on Locked On Big Ten. A special re-recording of the middle segment of the show here today as Maryland here on Thursday night 
absolutely runs away from number three, Purdue, and takes down the Boilermakers for their second straight loss. All of a sudden, Purdue's looking really, really vulnerable, not just in the Big Ten standings, but just in general. So let's try to decipher what exactly is going on here. Uh, this is the first time we've seen Purdue beaten like this all season. In the other losses that the Boilermakers have had, things were close. Things were at a point where Purdue could have won it. This was a game that Maryland won and ran away with in a way that if you're a Purdue fan, you're thinking, okay, what's going on here? Because this is now two losses in a row and not really to teams that we were expecting to be losing to, right? This is not a Northwestern and Maryland squad that should be beating Purdue. They're fine. They're good. They're tournament teams. They proved it. And they proved it by beating a team like Purdue. But in the way that Maryland beat Purdue here, it was not supposed to play out like this. Nobody else has looked thoroughly better than the Boilermakers all season. And to be fair, it wasn't really for huge stretches of the game that Maryland did look thoroughly better. But in those small amounts of time where Maryland was beating him, they beat him bad. The big run, of course, in a couple of different numbers that you could put it in. 13-0 run that gives Maryland a big, big lead. And a 29-4 run that puts Maryland from down 8 to, again, up ahead big. Three different times, Purdue calls timeout during the stretch to try and figure things out and get things going. Can't figure it out at all. And Maryland just continued to work on offense and on defense, which is maybe even more impressive in not letting Purdue score during that run. The maybe most impressive thing for me, that 13-0 run I was talking about, that was in just over three minutes of game time. That's efficiently beating down on one of the best teams in the country. Or, I mean, we thought one of the best teams in the country, if you believe what you're seeing so far or as of lately from Purdue. Maryland had that on defense, but that's not the stat that I'm looking at to try and figure out what exactly happened here. When I go back and watch this game again, I'm going to be looking at rebounds because Maryland battled and destroyed Purdue on the boards. The final count, 35 to 23. 35 to 23 in favor of Maryland. And remember, Purdue isn't a team that you just beat on the boards. Zach Eady isn't a guy that just doesn't get his rebounds. So if you're going to dominate Purdue on the rebounds like that, that's the formula right there. Every other team that will play the Boilermakers will see that stat line and be like, okay, we got to watch this and see what they did. Because that is the stat that beats Purdue. If you can out-rebound the Boilermakers like that, and limit their chances in ways that they're not used to doing. This is only the third time Purdue's been out-rebounded all season. You can beat Purdue that way, and easily, as Maryland showed. Because not just are you beating Purdue on the boards, but you're beating Purdue in an area where it's not only beating everybody, but it's kind of assumed that it's going to beat you, right? Like Zach Eady steps out on that floor, it's like, oh, okay. Well, we'll hopefully at least try to keep up on the rebounds today. Maryland blew them out of the water. And I have no idea how exactly they did it, but I'm going to go back and find out. Uh, it was a Mason Gill's technical with Purdue up eight that really shifted the momentum, or at least people were quoted as saying that. I, of course, one technical foul doesn't shift the momentum that mo much, but that is an upperclassman 
making a move that really an upperclassman probably shouldn't let himself make, especially when you've got so many freshmen who are on this team. You know, you feel that responsibility, I'm sure, to be a little bit more, be a little bit more, uh, I guess, contained in your complaints with the referee. But his technical was what kind of shifts momentum and gets Purdue's or gets North gets Maryland's run started, and the Terps just win it, sixty-eight fifty-four. The final score. Here's maybe even maybe not as big as the rebounds, but equally as telling. Final score lines here, Zach Eady, 18 points, Braden Smith, 18 points, everybody else on the Purdue roster, 18 points. You can't have just those two guys doing it, and those two guys had decent nights, but uh, you need a little bit more than that if you're going to be able to beat a team that's good, which the Terrapins, again, continue to prove that they are. All right, we're going to get into more here on Locked On Big Ten in just a minute. I'll be back with more Big Ten news after some editing magic here on Locked On Big Ten. All right, let's wrap things up with Big Ten news from the day. Only a couple of notes to get to here. Of course, biggest one of them, the Big Ten hockey title has been decided with a win by Ohio State over Michigan in a shootout on Thursday. The Buckeyes eliminate Michigan from Big Ten title contention and the Minnesota Gophers take their second straight Big Ten trophy home, what ends up being their sixth hockey title since 2014 for Minnesota. We know Minnesota's good at hockey. Don't need to explain that. They're really, really good this year again, too. Finally, Michigan football is parted ways with linebacker coach George Hilo, finally being it's the second of two big news stories I have, not finally, and they finally got rid of him. But it's officially part ways the terminology being used michigan parting ways with linebackers coach george hilo on the big 10 schedule for the day we've got all sorts of stuff going on throughout big big college sports a whole bunch of softball starting up a whole bunch of baseball starting up i, I of course try to give you all the big games from all the non-major sports every day if there are any but there's just too many games going on. So if you want to head over to big10.org and take a look at everything you can, but I started scrolling through things and I was like, I don't want to type all that. And I know they don't want to hear all of it. So there's a whole lot of games going on in softball, baseball, women's tennis, women's lacrosse, men's hockey, wrestling, men's gymnastics too. That's all happening. And you can find out if your team's playing, or if you want to see something, you can head on over to big10.org to figure out more information. Also, then men's tennis, the ITA team indoor championships that we told you about start up here today. Three Big Ten teams represented there. Number one, Ohio State. Number four, Michigan. And number 16, Illinois. Rounding out that 16-team bracket. Big Ten basketball, we don't have the lines yet. So I can't quite give you my bets for the Saturday action. But a bunch of big games throughout the weekend. we got Illinois at Indiana on Saturday. we got Michigan at Michigan State on Saturday. Iowa against Northwestern in a battle of a couple of tournament teams on Sunday. And, of course, the hottest team in the Big Ten in Northwestern to see if they can keep things going. It's going to be a good weekend of Big Ten basketball. No doubt about it. That's just about it, though, for news here as far as Big Ten goes today. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, 
Hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. As always, follow along on our show too, wherever you get podcasts on YouTube and Twitter at Locked On Big Ten. One zero at the end, not T E N. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports. We will be back next time with more on everything that happened over the weekend in Big Ten basketball and everything that I'm sure is going to happen in Big Ten news. Something will happen. Some news will break, and we'll have to discuss it here on the show, as we always do. Until then, hope you have a good weekend. As always, we'll talk to you soon. I'm Nate Dickinson with Locked On.